Hey, listeners, this is your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. If you're looking for a way to support my podcast, here are three quick things you can do. Number one, visit iTunes and review the show. More reviews help get the word out. Number two, visit patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara and support my shows. A dollar a month helps a little, and five bucks a month helps a whole lot more and gets you some neat things in return. Number three, tell a friend about the show by sharing links to your favorite episodes via social media. As always, thanks for listening and supporting my podcasts. And now, on with the show. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. Sprite Castle. With Rob O'Hara. Sprite Castle. Hello, and welcome to Sprite Castle, the show in which we play, discuss, and review Commodore 64 games. My name is Rob Flack O'Hara, and on this episode of Sprite Castle, we will be discussing Samantha Fox Strip Poker. What famous Commodore 64 musician created the music for this game? Stay tuned to find out the answer to this trivia question. This episode, I should say this game specifically, was chosen based on comments from two fellow podcasters. The first was Aaron Daughtry, who you may know from the Amigos podcast, who recently uh, mentioned the Samantha Fox strip poker game, and also Jay from the Sexy Armpit and co-host of the Purple Stuff podcast. Jay recently spoke briefly about Samantha Fox on Purple Stuff podcast, and so uh, both of those guys got me thinking about Samantha Fox, and so here we are with Samantha Fox Strip Poker. Now, before we get started with this episode's game, let's check the Daily Sun for this week's Paperboy Headlines. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sprite Castle. We have some big news that I need to mention up front. I have consolidated all of my podcast websites down to one URL. So if you're looking for the website, Sprite Castle, SpriteCastle.com is going away. Where you need to go is podcast.robohara.com. Or you can just go to robohara.com and look for the link to my podcasts. But the Sprite Castle shows and information and all the stuff that we have online for Sprite Castle has moved there. So the new website for Sprite Castle is podcast.robohara.com. And the same goes for the Facebook page. I have shut down the Sprite Castle Facebook page and moved everything into one Facebook page for all my podcasts, uh, which I came up with the name Robcasts, uh, and I put about seven seconds, that's being generous, uh, of thought into that name. So you can go to facebook.com forward slash Robcasts, and there you can find all the other listeners to Sprite Castle and You Don't Know Flack and Multiple Sadness and all my other podcasts. So there you go. Let's get on with some Commodore news. I just saw a new update of Win UAE 3.5. That could be a standing headline on this show that Win UAE has been updated. It seems to be uh, very frequently updated. And speaking of updates, I just saw that DLH's uh, big archive. This is an archive of Commodore 64 books. And manuals and magazines. It's huge. There's it's huge. <laughs> There's um, all kinds of stuff to read there. And uh, that there 
last time I checked that, I mean, between the last time and this time, it seems to be a lot of stuff has been added. So uh, you want to go over and check that out. You can find that at BombJack, like the game, bombjack.org forward slash Commodore. And there you can find scans of all kinds of neat Commodore stuff to read. Um, you know, I put a little note here in the news section about the two new Atari consoles. I know that it's not Commodore news, but it is retro gaming news uh, that's hot right now. Atari is launching a new console called the Atari Box. Nobody knows what it is yet. Uh, it does seem to be PC-based. I assume that it will connect to some sort of online store where people can uh, buy and purchase uh, virtual ROMs and things like that. Um, not super interested in it, but the other Atari related console that was announced is the Retron 77. And if you are into the retro gaming scene, you're probably familiar with the Retron consoles. There's the Retron three, which, uh, I own that has slots for, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis cartridges. There's also the Retron five, which added, um, Game Boy Advanced, and I'm not sure what the other one was, but uh, the Retron 77 will be a new console that has a slot for Atari 2600 games. It will use Atari 2600 vintage joysticks, or there are USB ports where you can use USB joysticks. It is running emulation, which means it will support uh, save states and pausing and things that you couldn't necessarily do. Uh, with the original Atari 2600, and it has HDMI output, which means it will be very simple to connect to your modern flat-screen television. In fact, I believe there's a switch that will allow it to uh, change between the old uh, 4 to 3 ratio and the new 16 by 9, which would be widescreen uh, ratio. So, exciting stuff for the Atari. Um no news of a new Commodore. Well, there is the Commodore 65 that I keep reading about, a new uh, FPGA version of the original uh, Commodore 65, but um, that's about the only new Commodore console that I have any news on. Uh, I've been playing some new Commodore 64 games. Uh, there have been several released. One was called Spiders, uh, which is a Space Invaders-type clone, but it looks really good. It's got some great music. That's fun. Uh, there's a new text adventure out called La Caretia, I believe is how you say that, C-A-R-R-E-T-E-R-A. -E -E uh, that translates to The Road, and uh, it was originally released uh, in Spanish only, but there's now an English version as well, so if you like vintage text adventures, you might want to check that out. Uh, speaking of vintage games... Rogue was recently uh, updated and released for the Commodore 64. The Hokuto, Hokuto, I'm never going to say that right. Uh, Force Guys released uh, a trained version of Rogue. And Rogue is one of my favorite games, like vintage DOS games. A lot of times when I uh, fire up DOSBox or whatever, I'll run through a couple of games of Rogue. I, I just uh, And I played Sword of Fargo, I believe, on um, an episode of Sprite Castle, which is a Rogue-like type game. But uh, there is now Rogue, I believe it's called Rogue Plus Six, 
so if you want to search the CSDB for that, you can probably find that. Uh, there's a preview of a new game called Galencia that I checked out. It is uh, a 10-level playable demo, and Galencia is looks a lot like Galaga. It is a Galaga clone, I would say, but it looks really good, and there aren't... Um, there isn't a great Galaga clone out for the Commodore 64. So this Galencia looks like it will, uh, uh, it looks great. It looks really good. So you should check that out. Uh, there was a release of Wolfenstein 3D for the Commodore 64, which is pretty incredible. It leverages the computing power of the Super CPU. So you need to have that add on. Uh, you can also play it with uh, WinVice. A lot of the emulators will emulate a super CPU, so if you just want to check it out that way. Uh, it's pretty interesting to see a game like Wolf 3D uh, being played on the Commodore 64. It's not bad. So anyway, those are a few of the games I have been playing. And that concludes this week's headlines, which was brought to you by my local paperboy who just ran into my fire hydrant. Whoa, I think I gotta change my shorts. Now that we've covered this week's news, let's discuss this week's snack. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Crack, crack, crack the egg into the bowl. Talking snack. So this week's game is all about poker. Well, it's not all about poker. It's a little bit about Samantha Fox, <laughs> but it's a lot about poker. And I learned how to play poker. In my next-door neighbor's back garage, they had a two-car garage that was separate from their home, and uh, my neighbor and I and all the neighborhood kids uh, used to spend the night out in the, we called it the back garage, so we would spend the night out there. Um, there was a pool table. There were portable heaters. There were all these uh, old mattresses that came from God knows where, um, but um my neighbor's mom would serve us uh, frozen pizzas, and my neighbor had a very unique way. I don't know that it's very unique, but he would make a frozen pizza, and then he would put lemon juice on it. And so they always had these bottles of lemon juice, and you would just fill the lid uh, with lemon juice and then um, sprinkle it on the pizza, and it just gives it this really good taste. And so uh, that's where I learned that from, and that was... Gosh, when I was in, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I mean, a little kid. And uh, to this day, that's how I eat my frozen pizzas. I'll cook a frozen pizza. Um, I don't like the crust too crisp. What I do is I put the, I put the oven on 450. <laughs> There's Rob's cooking tips. I put the oven on 450. I set it on 17 minutes, and I don't preheat it. And then that way, when it comes out, the, uh, the crust is um, almost like bread. It's not... Uh, crunchy at all. Uh, and then before I eat it, I get me a little cup of lemon juice. I keep lemon juice in the fridge and, uh, sprinkle some right on the pizza. And so that's what I had the other night when I sat down to write down all my notes and play some Samantha Fox strip poker, some frozen pizza with lemon juice on it. Mm, might make one today, uh, for lunch. So anyway, speaking of all this talk about poker, this week, I played Samantha Fox Strip Poker. It was published for the Commodore 64 in 1986 by Software Communications Limited, which is also known as MarTech. It is a game for one player that uses joystick controls. There's going to be a lot of dirty innuendos that I'm just going to have to 
<laughs> Muscle through. Oh, gosh, there's another one. Um, <clears throat> former teacher David Martin founded MarTech. I got this right off of Moby Games. Um, MarTech started off making computer game crossovers, but then settled on uh, doing licensing titles. So one of their big titles was Zoids. Uh, they also did a game that featured a motorcycle daredevil named Eddie Kidd. I think he was probably more famous in the UK, uh, but he was a evil Knievel type motorcycle guy. That that game always reminded me of like the um, oh the standalone motorcycle game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, where you would build up speed and jump the ramps and jump over cars. Uh, and then of course um, they say model turned singer. Samantha Fox, which is true. Uh, it was his company was known as Software Communications, and then it says it became Martech in '87. Electronic Arts took stake in the company, and in '89, it was rebranded as Screen Seven Limited. Uh, and then they closed soon after. And the original founder, David Martin, uh, formed Emerald Games and then went to work for Gremlin, which you've probably heard of if you are a vintage computer gamer. Uh, other games of note that were released by Software Communications Limited would be uh, Zoids, as we mentioned. Uh, Catch-23 was one. Jeff Capes Strongman, which was a um, kind of like world games, like those Epics-type games that had... Uh, different, like, strongman events. So that was kind of an interesting one. Uh, under Martech, there are a few more titles. It starts off with uh, Jungle Trouble and Quest of Meravid, which uh, are ZX Spectrum-type games. And they developed, this company developed games for all the major 8-bit European uh, computers. Uh, they did Crazy Comets, which I think uh, I may have talked about. I didn't do an episode for. Um, but later on, they got into, you know, the Slain, the Celtic Barbarian. That's one that I uh, definitely remember. And Nemesis, the Warlock. And eventually they trans uh, transformed. I don't know how you would say that. Uh, they moved on uh, to do uh, Amiga and DOS games like Blind Panic and uh, Nigel Mansell's Grand Prix, which was an uh, Amiga and uh, DOS release. So uh looks like their most active years were from 83 to 88. So that that's probably the case for a lot of Commodore 64 game developers and publishers. The game uh, was programmed by uh, Simon Nickel uh, and... He used an alias on this game named Wolfgang Smith. Uh, Simon worked on Alien 3, Back to the Future Part 3, Robocop 3. Oh, um, Alien. It's an alien since no, it's, uh, alien, that would be the second alien. Uh, and uh, Crazy Comets. Also, the music in this game was uh it's it's not bad music i mean it's a little cheesy and it was attributed to someone named john york but if you look it up later on rob hubbard who everyone in the commodore scene should know uh confessed that he did the music for this game and wanted to also use an alias so i don't know why everyone wanted to use an alias on this uh, budget strip poker game but they did <laughs> so anyway samantha fox strip poker
So a little pop culture context. I was not familiar with the name Page Three, but if you are uh, European, you're probably very familiar with Page Three. It is a uh, quote colloquial term for a feature formerly included in the British tabloid newspaper, The Sun. Uh, so the sun was a tabloid. I think it is a tabloid. And on page three, they would always include a large photograph of a topless, bare-breasted female model. <laughs> this is so foreign if you're in the United States. Uh, there is no major magazine or tabloid that would feature nudity like that. So uh, I know that um, uh, naked women... Uh, are is not uh, or at least topless women is not a as big of a taboo uh, in uh, the UK and in England as it is here in the states. So it's it's very different um, for us. But uh, it's just difficult for me to imagine a magazine that you would just buy uh, that wouldn't be considered uh, pornographic or. Um, you know, maybe like an art style, but you wouldn't see that in a magazine, like more like a an art book or something that would con, uh, contain topless women. Um, but anyway, uh, it started, uh, gosh, it started uh, a long time ago. It says it started in the magazine in, the ni- in 1970, actually, and it went through uh, 1999. Um, and then it still continues today on the official page three website, which I did not check out. Um, uh, but it says page three is a registered trademark of news UK, the parent company of the sun. Uh, so it, apparently if you were in uh, the UK and you said page three, people would immediately know, uh, what you were talking about. Now, Samantha Fox first appeared topless, on the page three in 1983 when she was just 16 years old. Uh, and she, this was very popular and she was very popular, uh, page three model. I think, uh, I read that she was voted the top page three model of all time. So she was very popular, uh, very attractive, uh, 16, very young. Uh, but, um, in 1986, she transferred from being, well, I didn't transfer, but uh, she also began uh, her singing career, and she released uh, a few different uh, albums. She released several albums over the years. There were three songs I knew uh, off the top of my head just by looking through the list. I could have named all these um, because I don't know that uh, – I, I would not call myself a huge Samantha Fox fan, but I knew all these singles. The first one was Touch Me, I Want Your Body. There was also Naughty Girls Need Love 2. And I Want to Have Some Fun. And these were all videos that were shown on MTV and they were uh, very popular and popular uh, uh, on, you know, pop radio and things like that. So I was definitely familiar with these songs. Um, and uh, Samantha Fox got me distracted now. Uh, so, you know, this is the background is that she has launched her uh, music career and is obviously, uh, you know, this is a good tie in for a title. So if you want to take a mediocre at best poker game and uh, make it, uh, 
you know, uh, some sort of tie-in, well, then this is a good one. I don't know that Samantha Fox is known uh, for her poker playing abilities or even her brains, but uh, uh, there you go. This is the, the license that we get. Let's move on to the actual packaging. Now, this um, was a, uh, a UK-developed program, and so the cassette tape version is much more common than the diskette version. Uh, on the cover of the cassette, we have Samantha Fox, her name in giant letters at the top, followed with a full-color picture of her face, and uh, it says Strip Poker in pink, of course, uh, and it says for the Commodore 64 128, and this is a later budget release version that I'm looking at here. It says price uh, is um, $2, one point, or 1.99 pounds. Uh, and then on the back, let's see if I can get to the back cover here of the cassette. We have a little bit of information about uh, the game. How much do you need? It's it's a strip poker game. But it says, uh, will you be able to tell if Sam is bluffing? Sensational pinup and TV personality Samantha Fox is waiting to challenge you to the most exciting game of poker you will ever play. Will you be able to keep your eyes on the cards long enough to beat her? Featuring video digitized pictures, and that is true. We will talk about that. Will you be able to keep yourself cool when the stakes are high? Uh, and then it says uh, it has a logo for React, and it says React is the registered trademark of Software Communications Limited, Martech House Bay uh, Terrace. So there you go. And then it has an address. I don't know. What, I guess you know before we had websites, there was just addresses. Like you might want to just. Mail them a letter. Dear Martek, thank you. Thank you for pictures of Samantha Fox. Uh, so when the game loads up, we have a title screen, which is just a uh, a digitized, I say just, this was actually a big deal at the time. You know, graphics, we're talking 8-bit graphics, uh, and this has digitized pictures of Samantha Fox. Now, I guess due to the resolution, uh, the higher resolution meant lower color. So uh, we do have a high res, I would say, for the Commodore photo of Samantha Fox. The bad news is it's in four colors. Uh, so you have black and then three shades of gray uh, for Samantha Fox. Uh, there's not really a menu screen. It kind of goes right into the game. And then we are presented with uh, the actual game screen. So Samantha Fox Strip Poker is a five-card poker game on the Commodore 64. Now, some of the other versions, like the version for the Spectrum and for the Amstrad, uh, play seven-card stud poker. But not this one. This is a normal uh, five-card draw poker, I would say. I guess five-card draw, yeah, where you, you get your hand and then you have a chance to draw some more cards. Uh, so there is a status line. Well, on the top two-thirds of the screen is a picture of Samantha Fox, and there are five pictures. And, and the further that you go and the further you beat Samantha Fox, the more clothes she's going to take off. Um, below the picture of Samantha Fox, and by the way, she starts out really well-dressed. <laughs> I'll... I'll, I'll Describe the photos here shortly, but uh, but we have a picture of Samantha Fox. Below that is a status line, and that has uh, how much money you have, how much money Samantha has, uh, how much it is to ante. But I don't, unless there's a way to change the difficulty, which I couldn't find, 
Um, it, the ante goes, uh, it's like $5. Um, then there's how much is in the pot and what round of the game you're on. So the cards are dealt and immediately you get the option to bet, stand or fold. Now the, the manual that I found online explains the basics of poker, but the manual actually says at one point, if you need to know more, you might want to pick up a book on poker strategy. (laughs) So, I mean, it tells you what betting is and and standing and folding and things like that. But, uh, if you don't really know, and it does tell you like what the hands are worth, but it doesn't give you any strategy. Um, so after you decide if you're going to bet more money, if you want to stand, which is, uh, you know, not raise the pot or fold, um, you move the joystick left and right to choose these words. So the, the words are, uh, just written in white and you can highlight them with the joystick. And so, uh, once you've, you've chosen what action you're going to take, uh, then it's Samantha's turn and she will either, uh, bet, uh, you know, she can raise or she will uh, call or she could fold. That does happen occasionally. Uh, and then it's back onto you, which you can also call raise or fold. Uh, and then it's time to pick the cards that you wish to discard. So you have five cards and you can discard um, none, one, or all five. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can pick however many cards you want to discard and you will draw uh, more cards. Uh, and then... Samantha will tell you how many cards she takes. Now, you can usually tell what kind of hand she has based on how many cards that she takes. Most commonly, she will take three cards, which means that she has a pair of something. A lot of times, she will take one card, and after she reveals her hand, you'll see that she has uh, she was either going for a straight uh, or a flush. But most of the time... That's what she she draws. Occasionally, she'll draw five, <laughs> or she'll draw, um, you know, four, and where she's just keeping a high card. But it's it's pretty easy to tell what kind of hand she has based on how many cards uh, that she draws. Now, it the game does talk about uh, Samantha's AI poker playing ability, but I have to tell you, it's not very good. Um, she does occasionally bluff, but normally it's after she draws. Uh, so, you know, she, it'll say, uh, Samantha draws, you know, one card or four cards, and then she'll raise you 20. Well, you should just raise her because she'll either fold or she'll call you with a hand of, of nothing. So, uh, that one of my biggest complaints about this game, and I'm getting ahead of myself here is that it's not a good poker engine at all. Um, it took me roughly 10 minutes to from beginning to completely beating the game where I'd gone through all the pictures of Samantha Fox and she had run out of money uh, five times and uh, and the game was over. So it doesn't take very long uh, to, uh, to beat this game. So uh, again, after you've drawn your cards, you can bet or raise or call or fold. Uh, and Samantha will do the same. And then eventually she shows... Uh, you already know what your hand is, and then it will show her hand, and it tells you who won, and it will adjust the winnings. It'll place the money that's in the pot into one of your accounts. Now, uh, you each start with $100, and when Samantha gets down to $0, you get another a picture of Samantha with less clothes on, and she gets another $100. So she's tra- basically, you know buying her way back into the game by, by taking off some clothes, which is kind of how strip poker, uh, works. 
Now, there are five pictures of Samantha Fox in this game. And the first one, when you first start out, she is very well clothed. Uh, she is wearing a hat and sunglasses and a trench coat and a scarf. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of things to be wearing at a poker game. Uh, but then after you beat her, the first, uh, she runs out of money the first time you go to the second picture. Uh, and now she has uh, no sunglasses on. There's no scarf. Uh, her hat is gone, and she is just holding her coat uh, off to the side. Now, the uh, the pictures, you can only see the top two-thirds of the picture because the bottom third of the screen is covered with your cards and the status. But if you hit F1, the poker part of the game goes away, and you can see the entire picture. And then F1 again brings the uh, poker game back. Uh, then after you beat her, then we go to the third picture, which is... Uh, Samantha with her arms over her head, and she has on uh, those really cool 80s gloves, uh, but no sleeves. But the gloves go all the way up to her elbow. <laughs> it's a very 80s-type uh, look. Uh, and then if you beat her a fourth time, you get a shot of Samantha Fox. It's almost a profile with her uh, looking towards the screen, and she has on this white lingerie. Uh, and then if you beat her the fifth time, you get the goods. You get a picture, uh, a, a mostly profile picture of Samantha Fox uh, from the waist up with uh, nothing on but her smile. So that is the goal of Samantha Fox Strip Poker is to beat her five times and, and get uh, to that. Now, there was a – in some poker games, strip poker games, and I remember doing this. And like I specifically – I thought I invented this, and it turns out every 13-year-old boy invented this. Um, but for a lot of strip poker games, it would have five pictures – of the person, and as the game went on, it would swap out the pictures. And it was very simple to do one of two things. One, you could load up any art program and view the pictures, so you didn't have to play the game uh, to uh, to see the 8-bit girls in all their glory. Um, the other thing you could do was rename the pictures, and uh, what I would do is, is name them in reverse order. So as you would uh, start the game, they would start out with no clothes on, and the more you played, uh, they would just keep putting more and more clothes on, which <laughs> is kind of a sadistic uh, version of strip poker. It's kind of the opposite. But um, this version, the uh, uh, one that I had growing up and the version that you would have got on the cassette tape is a single file. So there are no, no picture files to move uh, or rename or view separately. So if you wanted to see Samantha Fox and get all the way to the end of the game, you were going to have to, uh, you know, play the game legitimately and get to that point. Now, um, uh, <clears throat> again, under uh, trivia, I found a, a short quote from Rob Hubbard. He said that uh, his audio work on this game was his worst and uh, he didn't, I, I guess he wasn't really moved by the idea. There are two songs included in the game. One is a cover version of The Entertainer, and the other is a cover version of The Stripper. 
And uh, he said it was such a cheesy title and that the music was cheesy and lame and that he uh, took the job for the money but did not want his name on the game. So Rob Hubbard used the alias John York, and he says, quote, John York was the first name that I thought of and used as an alias. So there wasn't uh, any big meaning behind the name. He just picked a random name. Reviews of this game were not very kind. Um, Commodore Force rated the game 12%. Uh, Commodore Format ranked it 60%. Commodore User Magazine gave it a 2 out of 10, and Zap Magazine gave it 16%. Also, this game uh, won a couple awards that I was able to find. Commodore Format in June of 1991 listed it in the A to Z article of classic games uh, under bad games. (laughs) Uh, And Power Play Magazine gave it an award, the most unerotic strip poker game. Uh, and that was in an article called The Awful Ten. So, not a lot of love for Samantha Fox Strip Poker, and, and I will give you my theory on that. You know what? I'll give you my theory on that right now. Uh, this was a UK game, uh, and in the UK, apparently, you guys have normal tabloids where you can see Samantha Fox topless. So, uh, I mean, all you would do is just go buy this tabloid. So why would you want to play a bad poker game uh, to get Samantha Fox to take off her clothes when you could just buy a tabloid and she already has her clothes off? <laughs> so, I mean, the, the poker itself is not it's not very good poker game. Uh, and the end thing is to see a girl naked who is apparently always naked. <laughs> so there's not a huge incentive unless you're in one specific demographic, which would have been young teen American boys. And among my friends, very popular title. Uh, this game was ported to uh, the Amstrad CPC, uh, the uh, the Micro, the MSX, and of course, uh, ZX Spectrum. So again, uh, this uh, uh, developer did lots of, uh, well, pretty much covered the spectrum of, no pun intended, all the 8-bit uh, computers. Now, if you want to play this game today, I think you're probably going to need an emulator. I can't imagine, uh, and I wasn't able to find any updated versions of Samantha Fox uh, Strip Poker. If you'd like to own an original version of this, I looked on eBay, and the cassettes go anywhere from 6 to $10, and there are several of them available. Uh, so not a difficult-to-find title. They must have made a lot of these, and people are not hanging on to them. <laughs> let's just say, uh, yeah, easy to find. Uh, so let's get into my personal memories of Samantha Fox Strip Poker. You know, the internet makes it really easy. And in fact, when I was doing research for this title, I went to Google images and I typed Samantha Fox and there are hundreds of pictures. I had to go clean my cache. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't do this, any research for this game at work because, uh, there are just dozens and dozens of topless pictures of Samantha Fox. I mean, that's literally how easy it is to see Samantha Fox, uh, topless. So, um, but 
I want you to go back to the mid-1980s, and things were not that easy for young, troubled, desperate, horny teenage boys. (laughs) I mean, if you wanted to see a grown woman topless uh, and you didn't have Showtime or Cinemax, I mean, your options were limited. You know, maybe your neighbor's older brother had some, you know, old beat up copy of a playboy that they had found somewhere. Or, I mean, it just, you know, at that age, there was a much bigger attraction, uh, to wanting, I mean, there was, uh, gosh, I feel like I'm stammering on my words here. Um, you know, kids want to see boobies. (laughs) Let's get to the chase. I mean, young men, uh, you know, are curious and, and, uh, and this is what we had, you know, so we had Samantha Fox and I didn't have this sun magazine. I didn't have page three, you know? Um, but if you told me that, uh, which they did, Hey, all you have to do is, uh, play, you know, beat her at poker, man, did I get good at poker? <laughs> I got so good at poker playing this game. Uh, I mean, if this, had, if it had been like, Oh, you know, if you could do your algebra homework and then see Samantha Fox, man, I would <laughs> I would have been so good at algebra. Um, you know, so and again, you couldn't cheat at this game. Like you you couldn't go in and look at the the pictures or whatever. You had to actually um beat Samantha Fox at poker. So, um and I'm not saying I played this every day or anything like that, but but man, you know, if you say like, "Hey, if you play uh Donkey Kong, and then at the end, you get to go to another level. Well, that's not a great incentive, but if you say, hey, this is a a good poker game, and if you beat it, you get to see Samantha Fox without a shirt on, I'm going to play me some poker. So, I mean, that's my memories of of this game is just, you know, kids, naughty boys, uh, huddled around a monitor, you know, trying to play this poker game, and... and, um, uh, it's pretty sad, really. <laughs> I mean, the, the digitized pictures are not, um, explicit, you know, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're scans of, of pictures of Samantha Fox that ran in, uh, ran on page three. So it wasn't like, uh, it was vulgar, you know, it was just, um, it was just topless pictures of a topless model, but boy, was that enough to keep us interested at least for a little while. For graphics, at that time, I would give Samantha Fox five out of five royal flushes. Um, the graphics are not very good or uh, uh, detailed as we would think of them today, but they were digitized pictures of Samantha Fox. You could definitely, you know, see who she is and, and tell all the details the young men needed to see. So uh, the graphics at that time I thought were outstanding. Uh, for music, I give it three out of five royal flushes. The music is okay. There's only two songs, but you know it's Rob Hubbard, and uh, and they're not they're not bad. For sound effects, I give it two out of five royal flushes. Uh, the sound effects there are uh, a few little ditties that play, but but not that much uh, not that much sound built into the game. Uh, and then for overall gameplay, I gotta give Samantha Fox Strip Poker a two out of five royal flushes. The poker engine is not very good. And, again, that carrot on a stick that hangs over to finally see Samantha Fox without her top on is not very compelling today. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Sprite Castle. If you want to send me a game request, feedback uh, about this or any episode of Sprite Castle, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com. Contact me on Twitter at Commodore. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts. Or leave me a voicemail on the FLAC podcast hotline at 405-486-YDKF. Sprite Castle is available from iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the Sprite Castle RSS feed, and through throwbacknetwork.net, your home for quality retro podcasts. To hear more podcasts from me, check out You Don't Know Flack, Cactus Flax, Throwback Reviews, and Multiple Sadness. All these shows can now be found at podcast.robohara.com. Many of the news articles and game details for Sprite Castle come from websites such as Commodore is Awesome, the Commodore Scene Database, Indie Retro Games, Lemon64, and Moby Games. Thanks again for listening. Now get back to being the five-card stud you are, and we'll see you here next time on Sprite Castle.